This is the 10 Minute Law Firm Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Matter. Welcome to the 10 Minute Law Firm Podcast, where we discuss all things to make law firms more profitable. I'm your host, Larry Port, CEO of Rocket Matter, the leading provider of cloud based legal practice management, time, and billing software. So today we have a very special guest, friend of mine. Catherine Sanders-Reach, who is the Director of Law Practice Management and Technology at the Chicago Bar Association. And today we're going to talk about security. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Larry. How's it going? Going pretty well. Hey, Catherine, before we get started, uh, kind of, you have an interesting story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you became the Director of Law Practice Management and Technology at the Bar Chicago Bar Association? Well, in the far distant past, I was a law firm librarian at a mid-sized firm here in Chicago, and it was at a time where we were seeing a migration from print to digital in the library, and a lot of automation. We had adopted WorldDocs. We had adopted WestKM. It was a very exciting time when technology was really showing up in a firm to increase efficiency and proficiency. And all of that was so interesting to me that I saw a position at the American Bar Association and the Legal Technology Resource Center and applied for it. And not too far after the when I started, um, my boss, the director, went on to another job and I became the director of the department and was there for about 10 years um, as the director. Yep. So uh, then the Chicago Bar Association, their board of governors had decided that they wanted to have a uh, someone in charge of programming on law practice management technology. So I got to start this department from scratch, which has been incredibly rewarding. That's super cool. And you've done an amazing job with it. Um, So let's get into this. There's been a lot of crazy stuff happening in the cybersecurity world recently. We had the WannaCrypt or WannaCry ransomware attacks that happened recently. And um, there do seem like there's a lot of breaches out there. Tell me a little bit about how law firms can protect themselves. Well, and it was it's interesting because I, I was reading, um, Sharon Nelson is my go-to for anything on uh, technology and security. They have a blog called Ride the Lightning. It's absolutely worth following. But um, it's also that I, it's something that I try to talk to attorneys about a lot. And we try to keep it simple. Something that NIST, which is the National Institute of Standards and Technology, recently wrote about a security fatigue which you know basically we're getting hit all the time with you know very real threats and it scares people but then we're told to do all these things to protect ourselves and it leads to risky behavior because you get tired of doing something or you go okay fine i've created this really strong password i'm just going to use it for everything or i'm going to write it on a post-it note so people are feeling kind of overwhelmed and bombarded by all of this so they recently came out with a, a redesigned um, list of s- suggestions for people uh, to maintain better security. One of the things is don't don't make people change their passwords all the time. Unless there's a specific threat that the password's been exposed, it's better to just get people to use good, strong passwords, which they're now saying should be eight characters or more. Um, but to employ things like lock the account if you try to log in too many times and fail. So that's a much better, you know, way of dealing with things rather than saying, um, 
you have to change your password every quarter. That gotcha. And and to be honest, like from the from the technology providers side, I can I can speak to a little bit about these kind of things. Number one is that you know locking people out after ten or more attempts or some something of that nature, three attempts, five attempts is 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 a very valuable thing to be doing. Um, it prevents brute force attacks. So a brute force attack is when somebody just tries different combinations to, you know, um, try and get into your software. They tried this password, that password, whatever. And a lot of times passwords are like password or one, two, three, four, five, six, right? Yes. And so that's, that's the whole kind of strong passwords and there's a whole lot of kind of criteria about what is a strong password. Eight characters or more, upper and lower case, um, symbols, numbers, and non-dictionary words, and also look at the list of typical passwords. And basically, the software that you're using should say, okay, you can't use that password because it's 11111 or password one or, you know, all the typical ones that they already know. Um, the other thing that NIST was recommending is that you don't bother with a password hence because people can actually trick you um, into giving away your hint. And people usually, the, those password hints is like, what's your mother's maiden name? I guarantee you I could Google myself right now and figure out what my mother's maiden name was with very little um, friction. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And, I, you know, some of the, the hacks that are happening are, and, and I think this should be underscored, are not always that cool. And it's not like on 24 when Jack Bauer asks Chloe to hack into the Pentagon and she like does some coding and that's what happens. Usually it's some, it's like a human element type of thing. So it is through guessing these things or guessing bad passwords. And that's how the Jennifer Lawrence photos and that whole thing was done is through bad password policy and recovery things. So absolutely is a very important to pay attention to. Yeah, I think, I think the key, if I get anybody to pay any attention to me on this is not to use the same password for everything. Every, celebrity, including Mark Zuckerberg, um, the guy from Wired, everybody who I've heard about who's had a, ma a massive personal breach is because they, despite the fact they knew better, use the same password for everything. So once, if you use Gmail as your primary kind of um, username, once they figured out your password to Gmail, then they can go and change every other password, if even if you've used different ones. So um, for that reason, I'm a big fan of password managers and multi-factor authentication because those things will help protect you because you won't be tempted to use the same password everywhere and you'll have that secondary, you've got to put this code in from your phone. Are these perfect? No, but it's a heck of a lot better what pe than what people tend to do. So talk to me about uh, multi-factor authentication um, and what does that mean for a typical law firm and how would they go about doing that? Well, the nice thing is some of the password managers at the enterprise level are already building those in. But basically what it means is everybody, um, for their login, it, it's multi-factor or two-factor authentication is something you know and something you have. And so the something you know is your password, but that's not good enough to get you in the system. The secondary thing is something that you have, depending on the firm, the size of the firm, and the risk profile of the data that the firm is trying to protect. 
that may be a code that goes to your phone. It may be a token that changes every time. It, it, it could be a variety of different things. Um, I, I know that a large firm out in uh, California and Silicon Valley that represents a lot of tech companies, um, they were using uh, token fobs, gosh, it seems like a decade ago. So. I know, RSA stuff. <laughs> yes. There, there, um, so Rocket Matter, for example, we have two-factor fa- authentication. The way we do it is through some sort of Google code mm-hmm. thing. So you get this Google code app for your phone, and once you log into Rocket Matter, you get a token on your phone, and you log into that. We also have, um, uh, we use a Duo, which is a very common one for our WordPress install. We have a plugin running that. So whenever we um, log into WordPress, we get a code on our phone to log into our website and our blog and stuff like that. So that's two-factor authentication in action there. Um, the other thing that you were talking about in terms of password managers, any concrete recommendations or ideas there? Yeah, I mean, I I tend to not want to make hard and fast recommendations, although two products that I will suggest to take a look at that score high on every evaluation and review I've ever, ever seen. One is Dashlane. It's about $40 per user per year. And it has, it stores the passwords locally. So if you're nervous about storing passwords in the cloud, it's actually stored locally. And it provides two-factor authentication through um, that same kind of Google Authenticate uh, app. And then it stores everybody's passwords. It generates everybody's passwords. If you have someone leave the firm, you can automatically change all the passwords so they can't get in again. I think that's super useful. If you and they also do kind of um, notifications. So if you find out that there's been a hack, they'll force everybody to change their passwords. Then it's got a lot of bells and whistles to it. Um, similarly, if you are more into or trust the cloud, LastPass is $24 per year. Now, LastPass has made headline news for being hacked, but the reality is um, the passwords have never been exposed. And so I guess the good news is that they are certainly a big target, but yet they have not failed at the point where everyone's passwords are exposed. I think that's important to bring up is that it is possible to be secure. Like, um, you know, you're not seeing um, AWS or Amazon systems getting hacked or so on and so forth. Um, You know, so, um, and usually the hacks happen because of poor um, human factor kind of conditions. The the one that we use here is called 1Password, and it's great because it allows us to, you know, everybody has it. They don't even know what their passwords are. They just go to the websites, they log in using 1Password. If we have to change a password, it gets pushed out to everybody. It's a great, great tool. Yeah, and that also kind of ends that what's the password for our our Google account or our um, register.com account or things like that. Um, I work with a lot of law firms who, when we get down to kind of brass tacks and we need to get your password to get into something to change it, they don't know their password. <laughs> uh, uh, it's tough. It, it is. is and tough. so, you know, this is something that the firm should, should have um, for the accounts that are firm-wide as well as individuals. I totally agree. Well, Look, the security is a huge topic, and unfortunately, because it is the 10-Minute Law Firm podcast, we are out of time for this episode. So I want to thank you, Catherine, for being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks, Larry. All right, folks. Tune in next time for the next edition of the 10-Minute Law Firm podcast, and have a great week. This is the 10-Minute Law Firm podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review so we can keep bringing you awesome content.